Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive, global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I started this group in the midst of the pandemic when I realized how many of us in this industry across the world were looking for pivots and next steps. I know when I started my career, I wanted more mentors and I needed more people to lean on and to learn from. So I hope you will listen to our stories and learn from them. Every Tuesday, we'll have a member interviewing another member and on Thursday, they'll reverse. So stay tuned for the next episode and be sure to hear both sides of the story. Thanks for being here. Hi, everyone. My name is Hasmik Manassian, and I am here with Cameron Huban. We're going to talk a little bit about her career and get to know her a little more. Um, Cameron, why don't you start by telling us where you grew up? Um, if you want to share where you went to school, that would be great, too. Oh, thank you, Hasmik. It's a pleasure to be here. I, As you said, my name is Cameron Huban, and I grew up in Washington State in a town that used to be small called Marysville. Um, when I grew up, it was about 7,000 people. And I checked the other day and now it's about 70,000 people. Um, wow. So it has grown tremendously, but I, I feel like I grew up in a small town. <laughs> and where did you go to school and why did you make that choice? Uh, I went to um, Gonzaga University. Um, and I, I actually, I started out at the UW, um, my whole, my family went to the UW and it was, it, it's a fantastic school, but it was just too big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, went to some sort of college fair mid when, once I was already enrolled and I was just like, oh, I belong somewhere smaller. And Gonzaga was, was perfect for that. Like I really hit my like educational stride, um, in a, you know, in a class side of like class size of 25 instead of, you know, 500 or 700. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you major in? I'm curious. So I majored in public relations and minored in marketing and advertising and never used it classically. <laughs> um, but I, I chose it because I really loved all the classes that you had to take to do those things. Like it just was right up my alley. I'm a people person and I really enjoyed it. And it, it has served me, but served me in other ways throughout my career. When you say other ways, what do you, what do you mean by that? So I, my career was, went totally, completely not as I um, had planned um, Mm -hmm. and went off track, which I'm, I'm totally thankful for now. But I, like I said, I, I actually wanted to, my plan was to go into advertising. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead, I moved to China uh, in 1997 and moved into a footwear factory (laughs) that made um, Adidas sneakers. Um, That is so, so fascinating. What prompted that move? <laughs> it was it was such a so I had this um dream since I'd been a little girl to like really immerse myself in an in a culture that I knew nothing about um mm-hmm. and really learn about it. I just mm-hmm. I just never would have guessed it was China. I mean, back then nobody went to China. It wasn't as mm-hmm. it wasn't as open as it is now. Um but my dad had a friend who was writing a story for National Geographic. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it, he was writing um, a, about the uh, Yellow River. And my dad asked him, he's like, hey, if I pay my own way, like, can I like just tag along with you? Like China sounds really cool. My dad's a big traveler. And then he mm-hmm. came to me and he's like, hey, you know, why don't you come along on this trip? And I was like, I was, I was working all these, like, I was working like cafe jobs, morning, noon and night. I was mowing lawns. I was doing everything to save up for my first and last month's rent. Yeah. Um, But he said to me, um, he's like, well, you never know. It, it might change your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I, um, and did it. (laughs) Oh my God. It totally changed my life. I went on the trip with them. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it was just totally mind blowing, but what really changed my life. I mean, it was amazing to see the culture and the people. Um, and then we actually went on the Yangtze river in addition to going to the yellow river to see, um, what we were there to see. We also went on to the Yangtze River and we were able to travel through the three gorges before they build the world's largest dam and flooded them. And on that trip, um, it was like a, it it was like a Mm -hmm. cruise ship sort of, but a river cruise ship. So it wasn't huge, huge. Um, Mm -hmm. And there weren't a lot of Westerners on it. And I just started chatting with some other travelers and they asked what I did and I'm like, I don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figuring asked, it out. <laughs> exactly. And um, they asked, or I asked them, sorry, excuse me. You know, well, we know what did they do? And they were having a family reunion. They were a Taiwanese family and some of them lived in Taiwan, some in China, some in Vancouver, um, BC, uh, some in Seattle, some in San Francisco. Um, and one of them, um, owned a footwear factory in Panyu, China, which is in the south. It's um, outside of Guangzhou, which is right across from Hong Kong. And um, I'd never seen a factory. I've never been in any factory in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. um, But we had this conversation about he was talking about he was an Eastern company with a Western customer because Adidas was his, his only client, like his whole business made shoes. Okay. And one of the one of the brothers said, "Well, why don't you hire her to do PR?" Because I had told them wow. that that's what I'd studied, and mm-hmm. um, and it just was this, you know, this opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Like going somewhere that different, um, having mm-hmm. that opportunity. Um, it also allowed me to be financially independent at a, you know, like quite young age because I mm-hmm. was. Like an, I, I mean, I lived in the factory dormitory. I <laughs> had no expenses. Yeah. Um, and so I moved to China. And uh, yeah, and I, um, I didn't speak a word of Chinese. I didn't write Chinese. I didn't yeah. know anything about shoes. Um, but that's how that was the beginning. Well, that's completely fascinating. I have to tell you, I can't even put myself in those shoes as to how you adapted to a completely new culture, new language, you know, new people at a young age and kind of started to pave your own way. Um, How long did you, I guess, end up staying there? And what were the different roles you had? So thank you. So I ended up staying um, in the in China for a year. Um, Mm -hmm. Initially, so like the PR director or PR person, 
it was really like a glorified secretary. It was, you know, checking faxes, making sure that the English on presentations was correct. Um, and uh, I started to show um, Adidas visitors around the factory. I started to learn about the factory, like what did we do here and how did manufacturing work? And um, mm-hmm. they asked me if I could run their business office and I couldn't because I couldn't read any of the documents. And um, wow. they, they said, well, what about costing? All the costing negotiations with Adidas was done in English. And they're like, see if you can figure this out. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like... I'm like, okay, <laughs> can somebody teach me anything about this? Um, but like I, I literally learned, you know, on the factory floor, I mean, this was before standards of engagement were in place in a lot of the manufacturing sites that are in place mm-hmm. now. And so mm-hmm. we worked, you know, it was not unusual to work double shifts and that could be a double 12. Um, oh, wow. And as the management team, we worked seven in the morning till 10 at night. And I like learned about what we're manufacturing and what it was like to be, you know, be responsible to hit a delivery date and hit a quality expectation and to hit a price. And so I learned Mm -hmm. again, you know, seeing this with really, really fresh, gigantic eyes, (laughs) like, oh my God, what is happening here? Um, (laughs) But it, but it served me really well. I, after doing that for a year, I was going to stay another year because I thought, you know, they asked me to stay and I, um, was like, yeah, I can, and I, by then I, I spoke a little Chinese. I had some friends. I mm-hmm. kind of knew what I was doing, but Adidas, whom we were producing for had just opened a sourcing office in Vietnam and they were growing really, really fast. And their country manager was doing all of the costing and they contacted me and asked if I would be interested in moving to Vietnam and working for them. And I, um, I flew to Vietnam on a weekend and I'd been living in a factory in Southern China, which at that time was a very, it was so industrial. I mean, it was, I mean, Mm -hmm. like now Southern China is like, there is, I mean, that place is, less stuff is going on. I mean, like there's Starbucks everywhere. <laughs> it's like the, the roads and highways are fantastic. There's, I mean, the underground mm-hmm. railway system is fantastic now, but back then that was a totally different picture. And I went to Vietnam and I just mm-hmm. thought, oh my God, this country is so beautiful. And the people were so nice. And, um, and I was just like, oh my goodness, they're going to, pay me to work here like okay um and so I'm to be a mom yeah and so when you were I'm sorry to cut you off when you were in (laughs) when you were in Vietnam is this when you were working as a costing and procurement manager for Adidas that's correct so I came on board um as a costing manager and again was in this really awesome unique situation I mean I have to just say to everybody like just being open and saying yes to opportunity is so huge because mm-hmm. I went there and it was right at the time when Adidas was you know they were scouting new factories they were opening and onboarding new factories and so not only was I learning more about you know footwear manufacturing and how to cost a product um, mm-hmm. but I was also learning like how do you, you know, what does it mean if you 
don't have a large enough deep seawater port? And what does it mean, you know, to what happens if you happen to food poison your entire factory? <laughs> you wow. know? I mean, it was, it gave me this exposure that was much broader than my actual role um, that I'll be forever grateful for. I was, and I was also so young that I didn't know any better to ever say no to like working a bajillion hours. Um, yeah. I, I worked for a perfectionist boss who was a fantastic mentor. And he taught me that costing product was not rocket science. Mm -hmm. It was measurable. You just mm -hmm. had to take the time to learn it and mm -hmm. measure it, you know, like, I, you know, weigh the glue, how much glue goes into a shoe, how much thread does it take to make a wow. logo, you know, all mm -hmm. of those little things. And as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, the, I think the reason that I succeeded in my career in, in costing was certainly not because I was a math wizard. I'm not. My husband just laughs at the fact <laughs> that, you know, ultimately I... Um, I went to Germany to work in the Adidas headquarters and was, you know, when I left Adidas, I was head of global footwear costing for Adidas, mm -hmm. Adidas mm -hmm. TaylorMade and um, mm -hmm. Adidas TaylorMade and Solomon. Um, but I think the reason I succeeded there in that, in that space and in that silo was because I love people and I would learn, I'd seen different aspects and different sides of the picture. Mm -hmm. And it served me really well because, you know, with costing anything with money is emotional. People want yeah. more than they can afford um, and people want it for less than it costs. And that's sure. such human nature. Sure. Um, so how long were you with Adidas? And then, you know, why don't you share with us what was next for you? And then what kind of brought you to where you are right now in your career? Oh, thank you. So I ultimately was with Adidas for 10 years. I had fantastic opportunity with them. Uh, you know, again, I learned the liaison office side from sourcing, and then I learned the headquarters piece of what that looks like and learning about the product creation process. And I, I feel like I, you know, was kind of at the top of my game, you know, in, in terms of like, okay, I, I like, I did what I wanted to achieve there. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, I was recruited, um, by coach in New York. And, okay. and I thought, you know, I only really know one industry and I only know one brand and, you know, 10 years, I felt like that's a good chunk of time. And I'm like, and I loved handbags. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, you know, I was recruited for a VP level role at coach, but they filled it internally. And okay. I talked with an SVP who said, well, let's, there's a director role in costing. And he's like, let's just get you, you know, get your foot in the door. And I am, I moved my husband and cat from Germany to <laughs> New York and um, bought the most expensive 700 square feet <laughs> we'll ever own. And, um, and, and started working for coach and, and, I, what I can say about coach is, I mean, as certainly when I joined in 2008 and they just hired, I mean, such great talent, like my team was just, I mean, I'd always had the pleasure of working, working with awesome people, but like I had this team that was top notch and at every level people were so talented. And I think that was actually, unfortunately in some ways worked against them because 
people could do more than their role. You know what I mean? Like, um, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was, it was a pleasure to work with so many talented people. And I, um, I stayed there for three years and my favorite part of the job was I was on a new country and new factory onboarding team. So I got Mm -hmm. to go to India and back to Vietnam and to, you know, look at factories and see, you know, if they could be coach considered to be coach factories or not. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, um, I was actually offered a job, um, through coach to go to India, um, Mm -hmm. and to run their sourcing office, which was like, okay, this is my dream job. I totally want to do this. And my husband was offered a job to move to Pawtucket, Rhode Island (laughs) to to head up NERF marketing, global marketing for Hasbro toy company. And it happened at the same time. And on the trip where I got the job offer, I had this funny feeling and I took a pregnancy test in the Singapore airport and found out I was pregnant. (laughs) So we, we thought, okay, certainly not moving to India right now. And maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe let's move out of New York. Like he was super excited about the Nerf job. He's still, he's still working with Nerf. And um, we moved to Rhode Island. I had uh, three wonderful years off with our, with our child. And then I went to work for Brahman Handbag Company and got to finally do a like really a much broader scope of responsibility. I was head of operations when I left and I felt like, oh my goodness, I was born for operations. But I'd also had this goal of when I got into my 50s, which I'm not quite there yet, (laughs) Um, but it's my next major milestone. But it was, Mm -hmm. I I had this goal of, um, of going into some kind of coaching um, and helping leaders be better leaders, helping them understand the importance of communication. And um, I don't know if you, I, I posted something recently on LinkedIn about, you know, a leader's impact goes far beyond their employee's desk. Mm-hmm. And um, I really believe that because a, a good leader can, you know, make you feel excited on a Monday and like, what, you know, let's see, but what, what can we get done? And, you yeah. know, how, how's the week going to go? And a leader that is, has some blind spots or is, um, something we call like ontologically arrogant, um, Mm -hmm. uh, which many, many leaders in the U S fall into that category. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Um, it's when you're working like that, it can just be, you know, it's kind of like my way or the highway or my way or, or my way. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I really wanted to work with people to, to let them know, like, you know, you can really impact like people's more than people's day at work. Like their whole self-worth and their well-being and their mental health and their physical health can be really directly impacted by a leader. And I wanted to, I, my goal is to just, you know, try and work with people as, you know, as much as I possibly can now to help them understand their purpose and their impact on the world around them. And I uh, went into coaching a year ago, and I have to say, you know, they they tell you when you're a little kid, follow your heart. Mm -hmm. And I did to an extent in terms of like, I followed my 
like go go everywhere mm-hmm. hard. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. mm-hmm. but the but the fact that I'm doing this work now, I have I am so happy. I mean like I love this work. I get to work with amazing people. I get I'm learning every day. Um mm-hmm. which is just like feeding my soul, you know, I'm like, I'm just so happy. And, and it's, you know, I recognize that it's a pretty lucky thing to be able to say that at this point in time, especially. And that's how I, that's how I got here. Well, that's very inspiring. Um, And, you know, I wanted to ask you what you are most proud of in your career. And it sounds like this kind of may be it. Is that safe to assume? Oh, I would say definitely, you know, um, yes. they, mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, my, I, I'm really proud of the relationships I've built globally around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also really proud of what I'm doing now. I mean, I never thought I wanted to be a business owner. Like I always, mm-hmm. I mean, corporate was a nice umbrella. They provided all the stuff you needed and did all that, it's, you know, structural sure. stuff. but um, making that leap. Uh, it mm-hmm. has just been, you know, I mean, people tell me, my, my friends, my good friends, my family tell me, they're like, you just look different. Like, you know, my, my energy <laughs> is different. Like I, I, you know, I am, I'm really proud of what I'm creating. And um, I hope that that inspires mm-hmm. people um, to do the same and to give themselves the space to stop and think about what they want to do, what they want to contribute to the world, who they really are you know, because we get so busy and I have been that busy, mm-hmm. crazy woman that we don't mm-hmm. always, we don't, you know, nobody has the time to just sit and for, you know, two hours and be like, well, my values really are like this. And this one's really getting squashed. Right. And that, that's yes. what I provide for people is I provide them a chunk of time and give them a space where I ask those questions, you know, like, let's talk about your values and which ones are getting squashed and how do we unsquish them? (laughs) And how do we bring Mm -hmm. some balance in or, you know, or, you know, break some habits or instill some new habits. And for Mm -hmm. me, it's just, it's fun and it's important. It's fun because Mm -hmm. like, I just gained so much joy out of it, but I feel like to be able to have that impact on somebody is I mean, it's a really special opportunity. So, um, and that's what I wanted to say. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I wanted to say that as well as, you know, you must be resonating with so many of the people that you're connecting with right now and, and making that impact. And it just must fulfill your soul a little bit, right? Because you are helping in such a big way. Thank you. I, you know, I do. I think that my story resonates with a lot of people. Um, that mm-hmm. the fact that you know, it's like, especially you know, and and I have male clients and whom I have fantastic rapport with. But I think that there is a, a huge number of women out there who, like me, you know, were trying to grow and grow and grow in the corporate environment and also be a mom Mm -hmm. and also be a wife and travel and be the best that she could be at everything. And you realize you feel like you suck Mm -hmm. at everything. Yeah. And it's really Mm -hmm. hard. Um, And I, I, 
I, it's, it brings me great joy to, <laughs> this sounds kind of corny, but like, I mean, I don't necessarily <laughs> say this, but like, basically it's like, it's like, let me hold your hand. I'm going to help yes. you mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is another way and we're going to figure it out together. You're not alone. I'm here. I've been there. I've come out the other side. And for me, it was an entrepreneurial choice. It's not that choice for everybody. And that's totally okay. Um, sure. But, you know, to help people just, you know, gain new skills and new insights is, is what this job is about, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, Cameron. I'd love to hear, um, to kind of conclude here, what's next for you? So what's next for me is I am, I am building this company. Um, you know, mm-hmm. my ultimate goal is to, uh, well, my ultimate, ultimate goal, I, I'm still defining that, but like goal with this, with this phase of my life is to build a company that serves individuals, but also serves corporate clients. And eventually I would like to have a network of coaches that work with me. And so I'm, I, you know, what's next for me is I'm, I'm taking classes. I'm taking a positive intelligence class right now. I'm wow. taking, um, I just finished a six month contract with an entrepreneurial coach myself, which was mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. And I'm learning, you know, the ins and outs of LinkedIn and, and networking. I mean, and Christie's group has, I mean, I never really understood networking and I literally just came from a, a, an opportunity that came through Christie's group um, to pitch mm-hmm. to a corporate client. And, you know, so, you know, what's next for me is just a, a long list of learning and, and to, you know, to connect with the people that, that, that feel like my story resonates and that feel like they have, that I have something for them that I can help them with. And, um, yeah. And then, and then we'll see, I'll report back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that all sounds good. I, I wish you of course, nothing but the best and lots of success. And I hope we can continue to, you know, stay in touch and connect and thank you again for everything that you've shared. Uh, thank you, Hasmik. I really appreciate it. And if anybody out there would like to contact me, I can, I'm working on a website, um, mm-hmm. but I can be found at uh, K. Uh, e it's it's k erickson huban at gmail.com so it's k e r i k s e n h u b a n at gmail.com but i also post regularly on instagram on um linkedin and on facebook um under cameron huban and cameron erickson huban um and i'd be happy to speak with people i um i do um two complimentary two hour sessions so that people can really see like, is, am I a good fit for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd be happy to happy to help if I can. So thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. Thanks for being here for the collab podcast every week, a new career story. Follow us on Instagram and all social media channels at join the collab or K consulting and join us so you can record your own story.